for an urgent care centre, which management can confirm there are no planned changes to the urgent care centre service. The urgent care centre at Bantry General Hospital is made up of a medical assessment unit and a local injury unit with patients attending the unit that best meets their healthcare needs. Both units continue to operate seven days a week. Now that is a statement that I received this evening. My personal opinion is that Bantry should be doing more. An optology unit would be fantastic at the hospital. We have fantastic services, we have fantastic nurses, and geographically, because of where we are situated, we need to have more services. So we need to be doing more, not less. Thank you. And the next person we're going to speak is Holly. So Holly, if you were. Thank you. Um, so I'm relatively new to politics and um, I'm used to speaking at events like this. And I suppose um, a fear or a, a worry this evening was that it may turn into some sort of political football. And um, people are saying that it already is, has become a, a, a kind of issue in that sense. And I suppose I couldn't with any integrity insinuate that I personally care more about Bantry Hospital than any other candidate up here this evening or indeed anyone in the audience. Um, my aunt works in Bantry Hospital. I've had a surgery there and my stepbrother passed away there. So I think there's no point in insinuating that any individual cares any more than the other. Um, we all care, essentially. And I think the fact that one of our sitting TVs until the recent dissolution of the Dole is the junior minister for health really sort of shows that of course Minister Daly probably didn't want the hospital to be downgraded or the um, hours to be changed but in his position probably presumably didn't have any power to choosing about it or he would have so I think the real question is what not how much does an individual candidate care but what can they do within the realms of their party policy or position in government? Um, every other country in Europe has a functioning healthcare system. Um, Ireland has a policy for that now, uh, led by Roisin Shorthold called Sponsor Care, um, which provides a healthcare service at a local point of need and is single tiered, so no child is more or less entitled to healthcare than another. Um, that now has cross-party support and the implementation of that requires real political will and funding. Um, so my hope is that we start to vote based on the policy we want to see and less in terms of parish pump politics or political football. Thank you. Um, my name is Bernie Connolly. I'm the candidate for the Green Party because I don't have posters, so people <laughs> might not know me. Um, just I have experience, as well, everybody probably has a personal experience yeah. of Bendry Hospital. It was where I was born, and the only um, surgery that I've ever had as well was carried out in Bendry Hospital. Um, so, of course, we are all in agreement. We definitely need this service here. I've just come from Allergies where I was canvassing, and I met people there where you know, it was a life or death situation for relatives of theirs um, being met in Glengarriff by paramedics, stabilising, and then if they hadn't been able to come to Bantry, it certainly wasn't going to be good news, and I'm sure there's other people here who have had that experience as well. I, so we're all here, and I think every candidate here is going to say they are completely supportive of keeping the services that are there and improving the services. And I suppose the other thing that I would like to say is we have a four-tier 
um, health system and we have a second tier of sort of access to it. So we would like to see more universal access to the health system that we have. Um, tier four are the hospital, the acute services, and we would certainly, we certainly need those um, in places like Bantry. And we also need to, as well, though, have better balance between the tier one, two, and three services, so that we're providing much better services all around for health in general. But just in terms of having this um, really essential and critical service, um, we're all, as, as Holly has said, Sloan to Care has cross-party commitment, and what we need to do now is implement it. So I think what we really um, need to do is support the hospital here and implement the um, what is in the policy for Sloan to Care. Good night, everybody, um, and thanks to the chairman of the organising committee for organising this meeting. Um, and I've been on the canvas camp, uh, training Mike Collins for those who don't know me uh, for the last uh, few weeks, and it's um, coming up about 80, 90 percent. I think some of the government parties are saying Brexit is coming up the door. Certainly isn't coming up at the doors. I'm visiting. It's back to General Hospital, and can you secure its future? What is wrong? What's happening out there? Dr. Michael Power, National Critical Lead for Critical Care, HSE, communicated to the medical staff in Bantry Hospital. In his view, we are facing an orderly, Bantry Hospital facing an orderly transition to a Model 2 type hospital. I spoke to Michael Fitzmaurice, TD, this evening in Roscommon. They have a Model 2 type hospital in Roscommon, right? He tells me, no other 12 are admitted, right? He tells me that any, if he walked out of those stores in Roscommon this evening and fed, if he could drag himself up to, uh, to the Ross Common Hospital, they will take an x-ray for him and no more. If there's an old lady fell outside the door and wasn't able to get up, the ambulance would arrive there and take him and bypass Ross Common Hospital. And that's the plan that Dr. Michael Power has for Bantry General Hospital. And we hear a statement tonight from uh, Minister Harris. I'd love to he'd come, but if there was TV cameras, he probably would be here, but he's not. The bottom line is, Bantry General Hospital serves a population of 80,000 people, or plus. These people are seriously concerned, and they have legitimate concerns. And I've listened to the doctors here in Bantry Hospital, and I broke the story, yes, and I was told I was scaremongering. Of course I was told I was scaremongering, because everybody is scared. And I would make no apology for breaking the story on national television, and no one would tell me so. And Minister Harris has a statement here tonight. I'm sorry, I pulled the vote of no confidence, Minister Harris, for many reasons, and I have very good reason for doing so. Thank you very much. No, what we need is cast iron guarantees that all present services will be delivered and continue to be delivered in Bantry General Hospital by the HSE. If they're not willing to come forward here tonight and give us them cast iron, uh, cast iron guarantees, I'm not giving up this, and I'll fight to the nail for this area and for that hospital as I've had in the last four years. Thank you. Good evening everyone. Uh, my name is Paul Hayes. I'm a local county councillor and I'm also the Sinn Féin candidate here in Cork Southwest in the uh, upcoming election. Um, fantastic to see such a huge crowd here this evening on such a, a damp and cold evening, but it's certainly testament to the, the absolutely huge uh, concern that's out there in the community uh, for this issue. Um, look, it's, it's been raised with me, I think, here in Bantry, Castletown Bear, all over West Cork, uh, the, the concern that people have for the potential downgrading. So it certainly is, I think, 
up there one of the, the biggest issues we have in the, the election campaign so far. Look, others have mentioned about being a political football in, uh, in, in this. I, I think, look, this issue is way too important. Um, written to the CEO of the HSE asking for unequivocal answers and information to our questions, not vague statements about the future of the acute services available here in Bantry. I asked, will the hospital be moved to a Model 2 style, as Deputy Collins said, similar to Roscommon Hospital. And I also asked if anaesthetic services will be available at the hospital into the future, because that has a major knock-on effect for the services available, and I've yet to receive an answer. I've also uh, been raising it at council level here, even as, as recent as last Friday, with a, an Islands interagency meeting here in Bantry, where even Islands people were sharing their concern for the future of Bantry Hospital. And I've requested a meeting. Um, Cork County Council is involved and chairs uh, a regional health forum where representatives of the HSE and, and others attend. And I've asked for an update uh, through that uh, forum as well. So, folks, I'll I, I finish up. I stood with you in the past uh, in protests or whatever here to save services here in Bantry. I stood with you when we were trying to keep our amb ambulance covered here in West Cork, and I'm very happy to stand with you again uh, to resist any potential downgrading of Bantry Hospital. It should be enhanced rather than downgraded. So, Carmina Mockwith. Thank you, uh, and uh, sorry, Christopher O'Sullivan, um, and I'm here, I suppose, as well as Mayor of County Cork to give my full 100% uh, unequivocal support for this campaign and to save the county goal of acute emergency access at Bantry Hospital. Just to thank Vanessa and David for, for bringing us all together here and packing out the, uh, the, the marathon here. An incredible achievement, but that shows the wheel there. I saw you camp, I saw you handing out flyers in Bantry Market the other day, uh, and what a huge success. Um, I just want to concur with my other speakers. Um, it's really, really important to point out that this is not uh, political. Sometimes we can be a bit cynical uh, towards the politicians um, uh, making political football sort of things, but look, as far as I'm concerned, this just happens to be, um, I suppose, coming out in the news two weeks before an election. In fact, it came out before an election was called. Um, therefore, if this was going to happen anyway, we would be here anyway discussing this. Um, I think it's just a coincidence that it's uh, for an election. Um, so there is no scaremongering going on here. But let's get to the facts, okay, because I think this is very important. As people have said, um, at the doors, people want to know the truth. People want to know what exactly is going on with Pantry Hospital. Uh, and let's get to the facts. The HSC, ladies and gentlemen, are hell-bent on removing the 24-hour-7 uh, acute emergency access at Pantry General Hospital. Um, and what does that mean? It has a massive impact on services uh, in Bantry. They want to go to the Roscommon Nina type model, okay? That will that would mean last year, uh, this is exactly what it means. Last year we were really saved by the 24 hour 7 acute emergency access in Bantry. Frightening. why we're here today. I just want to get to a, a, a starting before before I finish up. I think there's one really important point that people know and are aware of why the threat is there, okay? The 24 hour 7 um, acute emergency access is underpinned by the anesthesiology support, okay? Anesthesiology, it's easier said than done, but you get my point. Everybody knows what it is, everyone knows how important it is. There is an anesthetist here supporting that 24 hour 7 acute emergency access. This is the HSC angle of attack. They want, they know that we only have one anesthetist here in Bantry. 
Uh, and if they, unless they bolster it, and unless they support it, they know that the 24 7 emergency access is, is, um, is under threat. So just to finish up, what can we do? Number one, we need to recruit. We need to recruit an anesthetist. We need to bolster the anesthesiologist service. Number two, politically. You have unbelievable political here. Every politician, every candidate here is on the same page. And number three, we've done, we do what we've done before. We took to the streets before. When there's threats to Bantry and hospital before, we took to the streets, we marched through Bantry, and it worked. And if you do it again, I will join you. Hands off, Bantry Hospital. Thank you. Good evening, my name is Kevin O'Connor. I'm the PC4 Profit candidate uh, here at Cork uh, Bill West. You also haven't seen my face, they were about to say, so I've been a post free campaign, in case you're wondering who's just out of the top. Look, it's phenomenal to see everyone out uh, this evening. It's, it's an issue that is um, so important to people in West Cork. Uh, myself and family have been there. I've gone down there myself for a couple of uh, uh, treatments. I'm going around door to door across the Mangamay constituency everywhere. This is a core issue for people. I'm, I'm not going to reiterate now what everyone is, uh, is saying. Look, we need to keep. We need to keep these services. Not only do we need to keep these services, we need to be expanding the services in Bantry Hospital. Not trying to constrict them whatsoever. We need a single tier health system, a universal healthcare system that takes care of everyone, no matter how much you got in your pocket, that everyone is taken care of. And that's the next. Good evening, everybody. My name is Margaret Murphy-Omani, and I'm uh, the old one to the four TD for Cork Southwest, and also a candidate for Saturday week. Uh, first of all, uh, may I ask you all please to give a round of applause to the fantastic organizers of this meeting, Vanessa, John, and I think you were joined by one or two more, so maybe um, the box I think the marvellous turnout here tonight shows the depth of feeling that this has risen in people. I am actually the only TD for the constituency office in Bantry, so I'm very, very much on the ball and I know exactly what people are feeling. There's major confusion. This broke and then people were saying it's not going to happen, it is going to happen. Then the HSE issued a statement if you note, the statement was not signed, which is very unusual, so there's actually no accountability if, it, if the statement isn't signed. As well as that, it said that services will remain seven days a week, no mention of 24-7. So I have contacted the HSC for a new statement, one that will be signed, and secondly, to remove the wording seven days a week and replace it by 24-7. I still await that letter. I think that the HSC may not realize the unique rural status of Bantry. And as in a lot of changes and rules, you have people making the changes that may never have stepped foot in Cork, not to mind Bantry. If this service is downgraded, in my opinion, lives will be lost. It is very, very, very serious. As well as that, it will make the trolley crisis in CUH much, much worse. If you compare the figures, if, if 
sewage is overcrowded, there will be 30 trolleys a day added from from um, the downgrading of Bantry Hospital. I'll just finish up now. So I think what is needed, okay, is a clear commitment that this will not happen. My party leader has given a commitment that if we are in power, existing services will remain. And I have a letter in my bag if anyone wants to see a copy. Also, I think it is imperative that we elect someone who is willing to go into government and willing to fight for Bantry General Hospital. A low TD or a small group is no good. We need somebody willing, able, and ready to go into government. And I certainly will fight tooth and nail. If, if we elected, I hope to be in government, and I will fight tooth and nail. Thank you. Chairman's getting a bit kind of cranky, so I won't give you so long. Uh, Alan Conan is my name. I'm an independent candidate in the election and a county councillor for Minnie Shannon. And for uh, those will take your pictures here, they should send them the chair here, take a picture of the crowd here, and send them to the HSE and the minister, and give him the message that Bantry Hospital is the most important Sent the HSE as, as office seven days a week, but we want 24-7. You want to know what will I do? If I'm elected as your TD next week and the week after, then I certainly don't intend to be a holder in the ditch. I'll do a deal with whoever has to be done a deal to support the government because whoever is going to be in power will need help. And I certainly will have Bantry Hospital, not just the maintenance of the present grade that it has, but an upgrading of Bantry Hospital and a continuation of the improvement of services in Bantry Hospital as a number one issue for me. If somebody, if I'm elected to, to the Dáil and somebody wants my vote to become Taoiseach, they have to give a firm commitment that our hospital in Bantry will be maintained. And if you look, there's one other issue, the maintenance of staff. There have been staff lost over the last number of years that have not been replaced. Why has that been allowed to happen? That's a creeping downgrading of the hospital. Staff need to be replaced, and that's something that has happened under our nose and under the watch of this current government. So that's my commitment to Bantry Hospital, Sir Margaret. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chairman, uh, Mayor, Senators, or TDs, Councillors, my name is Tim Lubbert. I'm a um, senator in the Shannon. It's a great pleasure to be here to address this issue of Bantry Hospital. And it is an issue in the doorstep. I've turned off my cams over the last six or eight weeks, and it is coming up in the doorstep. And there is a letter there from the HSC saying it's going to lead on in this issue itself. So it's very important to say that doctors sit there and patients die. And we have to realise that we are not in favour of what this doctor is proposing. This doctor is potentially leading about something, and he's proposing something totally outrageous regarding Bantry General Hospital. And you need political and political support behind you to ensure that the HSC clinical lead in this area doesn't get his way. And let me assure you, as a Fine Gael Senator, you have that political support. The callers that came out, that we can sit star and made a statement with. Samuel Harris gave a statement today. This is about making sure that you have that support when the actual pressure comes on from the HSC. And I'm here to do my bit to ensure that you will have that support. Because I do think it's important that a government representative will stand up and say this is a red line issue and it is a red line issue for me. I have friends and family that have visited and gone into this hospital and have got a fantastic service. I realise the benefits of it, 
it is geographical area. Not like we're going to the three peninsulas, all this area, for 60k from Bantry or from the COH, it has to stay there. And I will do my best, and you will have my full support in ensuring it actually will stay there. Because if this clinical lease does get in the way, we will have an issue here in Bantry. But we've had this issue in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and we've all fight, and we fight, and we're going to fight again for the people of Bantry and for the people of these peninsulas, because they deserve a service. We do not propose a Ross Commoner Nina model. That is not what we're talking about here in Bantry. Bantry has a unique setting, a unique rural setting, and a uniquely rural destination regarding the actual um, hospital network itself. And I will do my bit to ensure that that will be maintained and as you've seen in the last few months, that the investment will come into Bantry Hospital. Because we need investment. It can't just stay the same. We've 10 million euros going to this year. That has to continue and continue because we have to ensure we have that investment to ensure that Bantry becomes what it, does, what it is now, a real leader in this geographical area. Thank you, Chair. So we're going to start um, with questions from the floor very shortly. Um, I've got a couple of bits of housekeeping, so I'm gonna, uh, what we're going to do is that we're going to hand over to Vanessa, uh, co-organizer, and Vanessa's going to do a bit of homework that's, that needs to be done. And then we're going to come back, and I just want to say that I've been on to the HSE, and I have a statement from him, and to say it's unsatisfactory is just going unbelievable, but that comes in the next stage. Think of this as a movie with a good bit coming. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually going to join people and stand because I think uh, a lot of people will want to see who's actually organising this. Um, just to explain a bit about myself and why I got involved in this, uh, I am a carer on Cape Fear Island. Um, I was around in 2012-2013 in, in when they tried to cut our ambulances. And may I just say, in 2011 when the proposal to redeploy the, the ambulance service uh, came out, again, we were told, it was a political football and a political issue and it wasn't true and no way would they do this and no way would they cut our A&E down to 12 hours and yet they did six months later. And I want that noted because it's important. I think the big difference between that and today is that we know the HSE don't always clarify what they mean. And they get around it in statements that are unsigned, they get around it with this, uh, this waffle of it's going to be seven days a week so to them they're absolutely honest they don't see as long as it's a seven day week they don't see it as a downgrade removing these services as 24-hour services is an absolute bombshell to this area absolute bombshell uh, especially for me being out on the island we rely heavily on uh, Bantry Hospital, we rely on our ambulance service, we rely on the air ambulance, and we rely on the, uh, the lifeboat, all working in tandem. And if we don't have any one, one of those services working in tandem, we're in big trouble. Uh, so for me, it was, I can't take the risk of this not being a hoax. I can't. We took the risk back in 2011 and in 2012, they cut our ambulances and they left us with two ambulances for West Cork. That was scandalous. We came out, we fought, and we won. And what I want to say from this meeting is we can do it again. And instead, we are actually ahead of the curve 
because we're not trusting the idea that vague statements are good enough. We have been bombarded in the last few days by people sharing their stories, and I just want to read out two or three. Uh, the first one, um, really quickly, it won't take long, and then we'll open it up to the floor, I'm sure. I have used Bantry Ambulance Service uh, from Bantry General Hospital when my child was having a severe asthma attack. Her lung was collapsing and she needed oxygen. I dreaded to think what would, ha would have happened if we had to wait for an ambulance going to Cork. Another, I hemorrhaged and received a few pints of blood at BGH to stabilize me so I was able to travel to ambulance. I live in the Barra Peninsula. I would have been dead only for BGH. Uh, and the last one I want to read out really, really quickly is from a nurse. She's asked, she's asked me to keep it anonymous because she is absolutely terrified uh, that she will lose her job. The people of this community depend on BGH. Some of the people that arrive on our doorstep are so sick they would never survive the ambulance drive to CUH. People suffering from heart attacks, strokes, respiratory failure. Some have sepsis. The key point here is that if someone has a stroke, the key thing is to get them to the hospital within an hour of it happening. So as to try and reverse the damage, which can leave people with devastating lifelong effects, such as paralysis and loss of speech, etc. How could that happen for the people in West Cork when we live over two hours, some of us, from CUH? Someone with sepsis will never reach their destination let alone how the ambulances sometimes have to wait over two hours to hand over a patient. So if BGH is downgraded, you can be guaranteed that people will die. We as a community have a duty to make sure that this downgrade doesn't happen. Uh, there is, it goes on, but you get the point. And I welcome, and I actually congratulate every single candidate being here because it is not easy to stand up in front of a room full of people and state your position or defend your position services in Bantry, of people in South Kerry that are coming to Bantry. This is a huge area. Um, and it's worth saying the heroes in this story are the ones that have risked their health over the stress of it. They have risked their jobs. They have risked their family security. And they risk our lives by coming forward and risking being sacked. So I would like to thank every single person with the bravery to come out here tonight. We wanted to come out and say, this is what's happening. What's happening is our services are, are at risk. The HSC refused point blank to meet with us and say, specifically, our 24-hour services are safe. And until they do that, this will continue. And I hope, I hope every single person will, I know we've run out of leaflets, but we will be getting more. We have a leaflet here with what we're about, what we're standing for, what we're asking for, and on the back, we have just a little uh, sample to the HSC and the details of the HSC people that we just want clarification. Uh, very wise words. Thanks very much, uh, Vanessa. Um, I'll just be one or two bits of homework that I have to do, but someone else could make it tonight. This is her message she has to be read out. Sorry we can't make it. Toby not too well and I can't leave it. Good luck tonight. Remind him that because of overflow and CUH, Bantry Hospital regularly has people on trolleys waiting for beds. Please for me ask where Dr. Michael Pryor 
where Dr. Michael Pryor claimed the lead is based, and if he has actually visited our hospital. If he has, how long has he stayed? How long has he stayed? A couple of hours will not tell him anything. Has he measured the distance from the end of Bearer to CUH? The services are denied. Or denied us, thank you. And that comes from a woman called Joyce Allen. So people are getting in contact and they're thinking concerned. So I'm just going to answer the HSE statement. I've tried, and as much as I've been here tonight before, she just spoke to me tomorrow, I'm going to run it, and people respectfully. Does it, I, I deal an awful lot in past life, I dealt with a lot of stuff in relation to industrial abuse, and so I know how to tread an easy ground. But I have to say that in dealing with the HSC, they can disrespect people in so many ways. And by God, they've done it to me about five or six times this week. As late as this morning, I was having discussions with him with our press office, and I was urging him. And I was saying to him, listen, you don't understand that the media are coming to this night, and they're all going to be here, and we're doing interviews tomorrow morning. But people at home that can't make it here are going to be worried and going to be stressed. And I urged them on their behalf just to clarify, just to come out and give a statement that will just give some pressure, ease some of the pressure on them, and just the statement that they gave. Now, <laughs> I have to say, right, that <laughs> this is just probably, I hate disrespecting you, and if anyone is any of here we go. The statement is, they couldn't even give us, give me, or ye, the, uh, the, the decency to put a proper date on it. So what they done this morning, someone just listened to me and yawned and said, you don't deal much with the media, do you? And then what he done was he pressed the button and he sent out a statement. So it's dated the 16th of January. So I'm probably going to bore you know here with some of the stuff that they're going to say. But I love comedy. <laughs> Hospital management wishes to voice their no plans by the health service HSC to downgrade Bantry General Hospital. Emergency services at BGH were reconfigured in 2013. That's political speak for cut. At the time the emergency service was replaced with an urgent care centre. That's another political speak for I'll be cut you again. Which management can, uh, with an urgent care centre, which management can confirm there are no planned changes to the urgent care centre service. The urgent care centre of Bantry General Hospital is made up of a medical assessment unit, a local injury unit, with patients attending the unit that best needs their uh, healthcare needs. Four units continue to operate seven days a week. Bantry Hospital provides a vital service to the people of West Cork. The hospital's consultants deliver selective acute medicine and geriatric care. The hospital is a centre for outreach specialist services that provide initial assessment. I'm not even going to bother because they're not even going to give them the respect that they couldn't give us. I'm not going to give them the respect that they so denied us from the CEO of the uh, South by Southwest, Johnny Dwyer, who refused to, this, despite me being on the phone to him, telling them continuously that the people at Bantry need to hear what they have to say. They couldn't even give you the respect of turning up tonight. And they couldn't even give you the respect of an apologies. They couldn't even make up a lie. They couldn't even give you a lie and say, we're busy beating the dog again. Oh. <laughs> so that's, that's the level that they have. And they're not going to give them the grace of a, a, just the thing. So look, we're going to leave it as it is right now from the top table. Thank everyone again for turning up and for, for being honest and giving the direct. So we're going to take questions from the floor. In the meantime, apparently there's a couple of buckets that we just have Burr. Burr. Sorry. Burr. <laughs> so we're going to give Burr to pass around the buckets. Just like a couple of pins in just so we can cover the cost of the room and uh, uh, cover the cost. Burr. If you come over and pass around the buckets after that, we get a midpoint. We just, lads, can we just for this, for the, the questions and answers session, we're trying to get everyone into it, and we want we want the questions to be answered, and we want to call the politicians. 
We have one microphone. If someone wants to answer, ask a question, they can use this one by the top table. Just come up to the side and we'll give you the microphone and we'll take it from there. So look, I'll open this up. Uh, Bear, do you do the microphone? So can we have questions? And uh, you can ask them generally. I know there's a gentleman there. There's a lady here. Do you want to I, I'd just like to say that I was wondering, um, Bantry, when my mum and dad were alive years ago, I would go in by the way, um, Bantry Hospital um, had my mum and dad. My mum had um, scrolls and my dad had cancer. And only for Bantry Hospital, they wouldn't have got the help they did before they died. And it's like all the politicians are saying that, um, sorry, <laughs> that we, um, they're downgrading Bantry, they think they might be downgrading Bantry Hospital. But what why aren't they here to see you? Why aren't they coming to help us? And to tell us why they're trying to downgrade Bantry Hospital. We need Bantry Hospital. There's, I know a lady in Bantry, and her young son, he's only seven, and he ended up one night with um, oh, epilepsy fit. Now I was in the house, the young lad couldn't move, he was hot, everything. We had to call the ambulance, the ambulance took him to see you here, wouldn't take him to Bantry Hospital, he could have died on there. And all I'm asking is why aren't the HSC here? Just so I can partly answer some of that, they don't respect it enough. They just think that this is blinded, and that is so true. I hear I'm chairperson of this, I have to be impartial, and I'm trying to be impartial. But when it comes to the HSE and the lack of respect that they have for this, for this question, just for this question, and you know, just to come up here tonight and say, God, we all know what the six months frame could change, but just for tonight they couldn't even do that. So that's a partial answer to it. But the politicians, if there anyone at the table want to answer this, really? So, next, this gentleman here. Sorry. Sorry, just one second. You'll be next, Sterling. Hi, my name is Angela Buckley. Um, I'd first of all like to preempt, sorry about reading this, because I'm afraid I'll miss some of the main points. But I want to preempt my comments by saying this isn't an attack on any of the politicians. It's fact, not fiction. I'd also like to concur with the comments made by Vanessa O'Sullivan in relation to all the trauma and the situations that we're left with in Bantry. May I remind the people here, and particularly the politicians who would be involved in all these issues. 40 years ago, Bantry had a state-of-the-art hospital. Sadly, a state-of-the-art, sadly, at that stage, it was reduced to a grade two hospital in current years. It had full surgical, medical, maternity and other services operating 24-7, 365 days a year. Regrettably, successive governments and elected politicians have presided over the downgrading of the hospital to the grade two hospital it is today. This is disgraceful. Furthermore, during this intervening period, People as far away as Iris have to travel over two hours to the CUH for treatment. In some cases, that lengthy journey greatly reduces their chances of survival. 
Furthermore, when they arrive at CUH, they're met with lengthy queues, trolleys, and have to sit with patients on these trolleys because of inadequate bed supply. Is this what you are proposing for the 21st century for our Bantry Hospital? When 40 years ago, we had a proper facility. We're going backwards instead of forwards in this country. Very shortly, we'll be a third world country at the rate they're doing it. I would also like to mention that with, sorry, now I have to find these notes I have here. Okay, another point I'd like to make, while it's audible for the people involved, I think it's disgraceful to think that people have to be going to Northern Ireland for routine hip and eye operations, which would, is happening and will happen even more if the Bantry's hospital is downgraded further. Money is being sent out of the country from an already beleaguered health service. It is only this energy and resources were channeled into getting our hospital up and running, it would make a difference to all the communities. Um, what is even more ludicrous now, this might be a, something, sorry, I won't be too long, is that I believe there's a question of a state-of-the-art hospital being built, another one, being built in Cork City. Uh, bearing in mind the government's track record in building the new National Children's Hospital in Dublin, which is already overdue by, I don't know how many budget, a budget of over millions, and is still not, not done, not built, sorry. Um, one has little faith in their ability to deliver. Anyway, sorry. Okay, come on, thank you. Sorry, we have to keep this short. Okay. I want to say, with a population of over 82,000 people in West Cork, surely it would be more logical and cost-effective to extend Bantry Hospital and develop it into a centre of excellence. After all, Cork is the largest county, and we deserve such in the West Cork area. Please, politicians, if you have any power, hear what we're saying to you today. And we want action, not talk. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. I think the easiest way people could, when they question, maybe just stand as to or raise the hand so we can see. So we can, unfortunately, we've only one microphone. So it's a pity. Thank you. My name is Conor Campley. I, I was the chairman of the West Cork Community Alliance back there in 2011 and 12 and 13. A lot of services were being caught in West Cork, including the stations, post offices. At that time, the reconfiguration plan for, for Bantry was in full swing. The idea was that a 24-hour A&E in Bantry would be closed and moved to Cork. We held a number of public meetings, of which I was the chairperson, and a number of people behind the table there of the elected people were the other officers of it. Um, we, we had a number of public meetings. We had meetings with the HSE staff here, and we had a meeting with, with the HSE management, and we were told that the closing of the 24-hour A&E would actually improve the services, close it in Bantry, close it in Mallow, and the close it in the Southern Family. Now, a child in fifth class would know that when you closed, when you had five A&Es, and you reduced them down to two, 
we were going to have problems. So we asked about the overcrowding. And we went on the radio, and we stayed on the radio, and we stayed out in the public. So what happened? Very senior politicians here in Westcott came out and told us we were scaremongering. You were scaremongering, you had a political agenda, you were scaremongering. We had been down this road before. Unfortunately, I had occasions to be inside in A&E in Cork during the summer. I was in there visiting a very close relative. To say that it's like a Captain America and I don't want to be disrespectful. I saw coming to it an elderly man on, an, on, on a trolley. I saw standing beside him a, a lady that was probably his wife and probably in her mid-80s. I saw a person who was probably his daughter trying to change the top of his pajamas. I walked outside the door and I turned to my wife and I said, that is us in a very short time. That is what has happened. It has happened in Nina. It has happened in Roscommon. It has happened here. I'll finish by saying this. As Cork people, we like to, to, to be uh, on top in certain things. We like to be on top in sport. We like to, to win a lot of awards and various things. But for the past number of years, we have been on top. We are in the top three in the waiting trolleys situations where second delivery almost on a daily basis and sometimes we're first. So I'm saying to the people, we were a bit naive in 2013. The public didn't realize how serious it was. Don't leave it happen now. Thank you. If I could stand and give that man a standing round of applause, if there's everything today, you should listen to this man. Listen again, again, and again, and again. And the fact that there's some politicians up here who were there in 2013, and it's just mind-boggling. Nothing that I'm hearing tonight is making this anyway easier for anybody. So we'll have the next question. Gentlemen over there. Hello, my name is Bill Patterson. Uh, you probably know me, I'm not easily missed. I come from a small village in the north of England, it's called Scotland. Um, I'm married to the mad Irish wife, unfortunately. Um, I've been in Bantry 17 years now, and it's fabulous. The people are so welcoming. That hospital is to be recommended worldwide, let alone nationwide. I have experience of the NHS in, in, in the UK, and it is wonderful, the NHS, what it does. But I've been in Bantry now 17 years. I've had every kind of bailment uh, you can imagine and then some. Uh, and my own doctor is hiding there over behind the curtain <laughs> for some reason. Uh, anyway, but my dealings with the, the, the HSE have been interesting to say the least. We went to a, a meeting of the HSE. Uh, uh, I'm, I happen to be bipolar and there was an HSE gathering Sorry, uh, Dr. Bracken. Dr. Bracken had a, a system in, in place at, at Bantry Mental Hospital, or the, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it was wonderfully run. It was, it was relating to patients, patients, uh, family, etc. Um, so it was well run, but the HSE came in and their wisdom and decided they would take it over. And of course, it has disappeared. It's off, it's off, it's, it's not there now. Uh, the HSE seemed to come in and uh, put their two cents worth in and everything disappears. 
very slowly. But they, they do it, as, as some have said, underhand. I'm not attacking the HSE. I'm a good friend who works with the HSE. I know there's difficulties, I know. But they seem to have developed into, a, a, from my point of view, some other force outside of government. They seem to have their own uh, agenda, which government sub doesn't seem to be able to control. I don't understand this at all. That's what I would like to ask. Why is the HSE so all-powerful within this country? Why is that the case? The government... <laughs> Okay, guys, yeah, we've taken out a couple of questions and then we ask the politicians do they want to respond to anything that's been said so far. So we just get feedback and then we, I see plenty of hands up, don't worry, we'll get to you, right? We've only one microphone. Hello, um, my name is Sue. I've lived here for 13 years and a half. Um, I think the problem with this is a lack of funding that would come from the government's budget. And um, the HSE only takes direction from the government because they only give them this much or this little. And this problem is healthcare. It is beyond politics, correct? So I think each and everyone at the table, and all of us, whichever we like or don't like whatever parties, we are all more concerned with it than the parties. Because we only have one life, so do I. Now, and because of that, is there any way with all our heads in this room can we, because I can't figure it out, make this a political issue so that, you know, you see, I have seen, I've been here like 13 and a half years, I've seen like three elections, I can't vote, okay? But I still live here, I only have one life like all of you, so I'm concerned, all right? I don't care which government goes in, but I do care about the quality of healthcare I will get if I need it here, all right? And so, um, I have seen, like the lady here said, you know, services get, like, um, they don't tell you, it's just you wait longer and longer for your appointment, and uh, I don't know what happens after that, you can figure it out. If you have money, you can buy your way private care. If you don't have money, good luck. That's the way. Is that not the truth now? So is there any way all of us in the room figure out a way to politicize this and all the people up there get together to different parties, but force the government to do something where, you know, um, the healthcare will be an issue and will vote accordingly. So far I've seen, like, uh, Andrew Kenny, he promised somebody somewhere in the north or somewhere that uh, such and such a hospital were not closed. The moment he got elected after that, shortly after it was closed. And the same thing can happen. So. Is there any way that we can, all you people who can vote, put, get together and force and demand a referendum or something so that there will be a clause in the constitution that whoever, whichever party is voted in, now the next election after that will be five to six years down the road, but there has a midterm elections like America, and if they do not perform like for healthcare and whatever, whatever are the expectations, well, the next party in that previous election that got the second most votes comes and the first party gets kicked off the hot seat and then the next one comes and we give them a try. Then they will keep them on their toes instead of giving them followers. Guys, just one thing that is just important to me as I'm just sitting here. 
I see everybody here uh, has passed around the bucket and I can hear a noise in it. But you know one thing that I didn't see is the bucket reaching the top table. And there's no better PA boys. Dig deep. Can we have a bucket up here please? Let's bring two of them. There's got to be an expense money or two inside here, right sir? Oh, and Christy wants to take care, so could someone go down to reception and get the pay and chip? <laughs> Believe me, I'll take it. Right, lads, open the pockets. We're all honest men, and there better not be any rattles. <laughs> right, guys, next question. Who's up there for the next question? Uh, and then we take yourself, and then, doesn't, and then there's another gentleman down the very back with his hand raised. We'll see him. We'll get down to your number three. And then we take a quick break in just for the politicians. Answer any questions? I'm As other people have said, it's it's great to see the politicians all in agreement. It's great to see them all sitting here saying, "Yep, yeah, we will fight for a Bantry Hospital." The problem is, it's not them that have to fight for Bantry Hospital; it's us, and it's the HSE we need to fight, not the politicians. It's the HSE. It's not an, an individual. It's an entity, and they are fiscally making this decision. That means they're making it based on money and they want to save money. They don't care about our lives. Those people in the HSE are not being transported two hours from Iris to CUH. Those people in the HSE are not having a stroke in Ballyta Hob and being 90 minutes waiting for uh, an ambulance to take them to CUH. Those people in the HSE do not give a damn about any single one of your stories they just care about the money. And they're not listening to these guys. These people, all of these politicians have said they've tried to contact the HSE. And not one of them has had a decent response. Not just no response to some of them, but actually unsigned responses, which means fuck all. That is not a legal document. The HSE can say, oh yes, we'll keep on the 24 7. But they didn't sign the document. That's great, isn't it? If you get a contract for your work and it's not signed by the person who's employed you, that's not a valid contract. These people saying, yes, we will fight for it, but it's down to us. There is an online petition. Several people in Ballyda Hall have said to me, I don't use the internet. I don't use, like, what, how can I help? How can I do this? And what we need to do is to get a concerted, consistent, petition that's not just the on, not just online but it needs to be in the post offices it needs to be in every single shop it needs to be in the pubs it needs to be in the clubs it needs to be in every single person going out of here today needs to take with them a copy of a petition and get 50 people to sign it because i know every single one of you could do that there must be 500 people here 500 people here that maybe all of you have signed that petition that's no good for the people who can't sign it that's no good for the lady who said to me today, Sean, I don't use the internet. I can't use an online petition. I'm not willing to, I can't use the internet. She's 78, she doesn't use the internet. How is she going to get her voice heard? How do we make sure this campaign makes those people heard? Not just the people who are here, which, and we're all here for the right reasons, but those people that can't be here because maybe they're not well enough. Maybe they're too old. Maybe they're too young. The young people coming through as well need to be involved in all of this. Thank you. 
keep trainees. I mean, it's not just about GPs coming to West Cork. It's about doctors, trainee doctors. ...service in West Cork. Without Bantry Hospital, then the future of the GP service is under severe threat. So David has, has mentioned that, that it's very difficult now to get uh, young GPs to commit to general practice. And it's going to get even more difficult if Bantry and that's what will happen. As you see some of my colleagues along the wall there, they may be the last two keys in West Cork. So I want you to have a look at them. Tonight you sing the praises of Bathory General Hospital. For the last sort of 10 years, we've been up and down to the, to the Mercy Hospital, where my wife's been quite ill at times with sepsis and a few other things. She's, I could be rushed out to the Mercy, and even though she was desperately ill, I had to spend 20, uh, 32 hours on a trolley. And it was absolutely disgraceful. And then in November, the end of November this year, she showed signs of a stroke. And I phoned the ambulance, and the ambulance came from Skibbereen. And thankfully God, they took us straight to Bantry. And the quality of service is beyond anything that you get in the world. She arrived in Bantry at 20 past 10 on a Sunday night. And by half past 11, she had a full medical, she had her x-rays done, she had her CT scan done, and she had the clock busting drugs. And everything's here for me. I know, I know you're very anxious people get shown there's one important question to think. Something has really struck me. We started off this meeting, not but is this right? Is this wrong? Now we've had three statements, one from this gentleman here and two from the doctors, and I can see doctors lined up against the wall, half of probably treated me somewhere along the line and kick me out. <laughs> but I just want to say to add a sober, a sober note to this. If we don't take heed of what they say, we might as well tell our children, go over West Cork. Yeah. We might as well go up the road, lock the road behind us and say goodbye. Goodbye to everything that's good about it. Because what these gentlemen have laid out tonight in front of us in the first time, those 10, 15 minutes we just listened to, is a very, very scary thing. A very bad, and if you're going to open the door tonight, based on the responses you're going to get back from these politicians, make that vote count. I know a gentleman approached me before the meeting, he's going to ask a very important question, which I think should be taken up. Now, I'm going to go back to the politicians, and people have told their stories, which have been brilliant. There's been questions in there. You know, Christie's agent to get in, right in straight away, Holly wants to get in. So we're going to afford them a quick opportunity, just to give a quick brief rundown and what they just heard and their responses to it. So we'll start with Karen, we'll go down the line. Quick response, guys. Let's not go up there and not make any bluster. People are itching to get home and watch Coronation Street. <laughs> and we'll go down the line here. Again, just really sobering what these two GP said. This isn't over, and it's only tonight is the beginning of it.
absolutely passionate about Bantry Hospital. Over the years, we've all had family members in and out there. We can't lose Bantry Hospital. We want to see more services in Bantry. Because of the location, because of the geography of the area, we need to push for more. I'm you know, really shocked by a lot of what I've heard here tonight. I did start this this evening with a statement. So I will be going back to my party tomorrow. I will be uh, telling them everything that I've heard. And I completely support 100% the time that we were going to lose our ambulance, I was one of many people in this room that actually walked to Cork. We walked to Cork over four days because we were not going to lose our ambulance. And I am determined that I would do the same for this. So we all support it. We all want Bantry Hospital. Thank you. Um, one speaker mentioned that this goes back to funding, and I believe that's the key. Um, there's no commitment to fully funding the cross-party green healthcare policy at the moment from central government and the overspend on the children's hospital is one of the reasons for that. So general mismanagement and bad decision making I think has a lot to do with this problem. Um, someone else mentioned that how deep your pockets are shouldn't be the deciding factor in how good your healthcare is and that is soldier care. That is the policy that has cross-party support that should be implemented at this point and I suppose I just want to reiterate that point that we have to vote for the policy we want implemented, rather than how much any of us personally want the hospital stable. Like I said, I do believe that everybody wants that. Um, I think our time would all be better spent here if it was the doctors up here rather than us. <laughs> yeah. And one question for them after the after we go through the candidates is: I'm wondering, do we know if this change is, if they attempt to make this change, how much warning we have, like how long will it take, you know, how much time do we have to sort of address it in time? I don't, I don't know it's the short answer. I mean, this started, as I say, with, with the faculty being approached. We did not invite this when the power came to us and, um, and Jerry Bury, and then we met with them, and they couldn't say anything about the plans for the South Southwest Hospital Group. Um, and it was fair enough. They just had to hear what we had to say. But the important thing is that we brought our stories to you, to people here, um, that people are aware of what's going on. And thankfully, you know, credit to everybody here and to everybody at the top table. You know, you've taken a story that, that broke on the 16th of, of, um, of January and, and you've really run with it. And, and you know, you need to applaud yourselves for that. Um, but we don't know about the time frame here. I, I have concerns and there is a deep-seated dread that the die may be cast that Michael Power has made his advice and he has, you know, said, look, this is best practice. We can't have a single anaesthetist in Bantry Hospital. It's just not viable. Let's just cut and run and let the GPs, you know, get on with it and something will, will come up because this is the thing we get that we're going to have this, we're going to have that, and nothing is joined up. There's great plans for this, that, the other thing over there, and maybe someday somebody will tie them all together. But nothing is tied up, nothing, nothing is going to happen together. And I suppose, look, it'll, we don't know is the short answer, what, what the time frame will be. One more question, is there any guarantee in relation to our air ambulance uh, services and rapid response in relation to this? There's, there's no guarantee about air ambulance. I mean, that, security uh, operation and funding and as regards guarantee it depends on again funding uh, it's not within our brief I, I wouldn't be able to comment on that uh, so I, I don't know do you think does it 
does it, sorry, from the GP's perspective, does it make sense to fund uh, the National Treatment Purchase Fund? Um, or would it make more sense for funding to come into things like the Ireland Service? What would be a bigger relief for the healthcare? Well, well, that's economics, and that may be part of the problem, actually, that GPs, and I know this from dealing with our own GP college, is that GPs try and work away and paddle their canoes and try and do the best for GPs, and then HSE try to paddle their canoes and do their best for the HSE with their budgets. And look, these are all ordinary people trying to do a job, I respect that, but sometimes we lack the experts to come in without that rather than just blindly saying, well, no, we've got to go with international best practice and what you want. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think we need economists to answer these questions, you know, and, and people to, you know, I think people need to be properly informed, people need to see all sides rather than just saying, right, we ask that guy, he tells us what to do, right, we do that, so, and, you know, tell the providers, because that's essentially what's happening.
Then in 2013, again, another speaker spoke there about the reconfiguration. And the reconfiguration uh, ended up closing the uh, overnight in the Pantagen Hospital. And I was part of the group that was constantly designed that time. It came out strongly, strongly about that. And I was, you know, we were criticised heavily for being scaremongering right through the political system. And we weren't scaremongering because it was a fact. And it has led to a lot of deaths in, this, in, in West Cork and in the general area. Um, there was, uh, somebody asked about the lack of funding. The lack of funding, in my view especially now, is because of the absolute scandalous overspend in, in the Children's Hospital. And when I hear statements from Minister Harris, that's the same minister that told us there would be no, when we got a motion forward and I ruled in the pin group four years ago about that Children's Hospital, he said there'd be no overspend in that hospital. So a statement from Minister Harris kind of doesn't wash with me. Um, and I know that, you know, we've had, we have some great, uh, we have great GPs, not some, all of them are great GPs, and, and uh, we have a serious worry here that if there's any further downgrading of Petrogen Hospital, we will lose uh, doctors in this area, and nobody wants to come into a, an area that has a, a lack of services that you can have um, And the gentleman spoke about his wife being in a trolley, and I've been in out of um, uh, CUH there maybe six months ago, quite a lot, and it stunned me, it really, really stunned me. See you know, the ER or something like that, and the incredible pressure the staff are working under. It just it, it totally incensed me. There was a lady who spoke a while ago, um, and she was thinking about you know people going up to Belfast, going up to Belfast for their cataracts, 15 minute procedure. I have tirelessly fought with the minister and the junior minister to put in a cat for a cataract procedure to be carried on the Bantry General Hospital. And in the UK, it needs a clean room, fully equipped with staff. And they're telling me here, ah, oh, not at all, it costs, it costs millions and millions. And I've taken people, literally lifting them into buses. Three weeks, so that's the reason why I call the vote in Northampton and Paris. A man would, uh, incapacitated had to drag himself up into our bus to get himself to Belfast. It was outrageous, and when I saw that, I said, that is easy. He's finished, he has to go, and he, 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 he won't be there in a few weeks, I can guarantee you. The die is cast here, you're right there, um, there's a decision made, how soon it's going to be implemented, that's what we have to fight. You're here today to make sure that, um, and, and what is the heat that we're not here? They're faceless, they're faceless people, that's what they are. Yeah. That's going on for many years and they've been allowed by the political system to be faceless, and that's why they're not here. And they won't be here either going forward, I can tell you. Thanks everyone. Look, I'll be brief. I know we're, we're anxious to wrap up the meeting and uh, people to head off and look, we've had a very, very informative evening. Look, first of all, can I just commend our local heroes here? Uh, I'm in awe of you and look, and thank you. Okay, we're, we're the GPs and I speak on behalf of the GP faculty because I'm the secretary of Anthony Cannon, the chairman here as well, and I suppose we were involved in the initial story breaking. But don't forget the real heroes are the people who've come out fighting and the medical staff in Bantry Hospital as well, who may not be able to speak tonight. I don't consider myself a hero, but I served in the company of heroes. I've worked in Bantry Hospital with the finest, the finest teachers, the finest consultants. They're accredited to our profession, and they need our support, and they have worked 
And I've watched them, I've been there, I've been with them, and you have been there too, and seen them save lives, and maybe you have been the life, life they have saved. That needs to go on, that needs to continue. So don't forget that. If, we need, if we're having Bantry Hospital going ahead, as it is now, we need the junior doctors to keep that going as well, to work with the consultants. And if we lose the 24-7 acute care and an ease of this cover, we will not get our trainee junior doctors to come to Bantry Hospital. And as I said before, it will become a backwater. So if you're going to applaud anybody tonight, it's the heroes of Bantry Hospital, the doctors and nurses, the ICIV. From the porters that greet you at the front desk, right up to the director of, of hospitals, the people who sit at the top, all the way, they're the finest people I've ever worked with. And I don't say that lightly. Now, I have connections at Bantry Hospital, I've had relatives treated there, I've worked there at various grades, my daughter was even born there myself in JJ Daru and so on. Uh, and, and that's another story, but we depend on this hospital, do not doubt it, we depend on it. Greater healthcare scattered all over West Cork, including primary care, uh, GPs, community nurses, we all feed into this hospital, we depend on it. Healthcare in West Cork does not work without Bantry Hospital. Thank you. Thank you, just on behalf of my family, friends, and everyone who has used the hospital on our behalf. Listen, thank you to you and your colleagues mentioned, so well done again. Thank you. Just, I'd also like to mention as well the friends of Bantry Hospital who've been doing Trojan work over the last number of years, and others may be taking credit for their fantastic fundraising. I see you both take the word again in the background. Well done. I suppose, look, uh, colleagues, just the, the crux of the problem, I think as Siobhan uh, alluded to earlier on, it comes down to the money and uh, Bantry Hospital seems to be the collateral damage for the, the scandal, as Deputy Collins says, of the uh, uh, Children's Hospital. You know, the, the zeros are being added to that every day that passes. Absolutely scandalous and unfortunately it seems to be that us here down in rural West Cork are, are, the, are feeling that the, are, are we're the collateral damage. There's no other way about it. Um, as I said, we're being cut and we, we, we'll be cut further if this is uh, left to continue. And look, the buck stops with the Minister for Health. People were asking there about accountability in the HSE. The buck stops with the Minister for Health. And as Deputy Collins said, another said, I can't see that Simon Harris will be there in a couple of weeks. Simon, I hope he's not because he's been an absolute uh, useless in his position. I can't, I'm trying to be diplomatic with my language here, but uh, the frustration is, is getting the better way. But look, if I or my party have anything to do with uh, government negotiations over the next couple of weeks, I want to tell you, I've heard you loud and clear, and I've heard what the doctors have had to say, and look, we will be standing by Bantry Hospital, and it will not be downgraded. All right, thank you. Guys, I'm very anxious to get back to the people on the floor because it's about you, right? And I, I'm, I'm waiting, but I'm asking the politicians on my right-hand side just to give it 10, 15 seconds. I know you have a lot to say, but you know what? The talking has been done. Now the time the votes are to come. And this is the last chance that you've been up to hear it. And I hope you go back tonight 
and listen to these three gentlemen, one here and the two doctors, and indeed all the doctors down the side of the wall, and base your vote on that. Base your vote on what's going to happen in the next couple of months, because this is going to be a lot by the signs of it. Just before we go to the, the politicians, sorry, just to say, um, it goes beyond just listening and using your, your, uh, your vote. We need to be doing things ourselves because what is clear is that the, band, the staff at Bantry Hospital need support and in order to do that we need something, some sort of organisation and I absolutely thank and congratulate on the CT scanners that was uh, funded, fundraised for by the Friends of Bantry, not anyone else. We need, first of all, we don't need another hospital. We need to invest in the services that we have. That will relieve a lot of the pressure that's there. But more than anything else, we need you guys to go out of this meeting and work with us. When I got involved in this campaign, there was me and two others that set up a Facebook group because we felt so passionately about this hospital. We said this needs to be more than just words. So what I'd ask, the politicians, what I'll ask you is what are we going to do about it? That is the question I'm throwing out at you for your, an for, for your questions and your answers. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa started a trend of standing, so I'm going to follow. I thought it was quite uh, effective. Um, look, what can we do? Okay, for, so the first thing, the CEO of the HSE, his name is Paul Reid, okay? I've heard some phenomenal stories here tonight of what Bantry Hospital means to each and every one of you, uh, of how you've, been, uh, how you've been saved by the 24-hour acute emergency access. Put pen to paper, Paul Reid, Chief Executive, CEO, Google his address and fill his inbox with these stories, with these testimonials, and then he'll get a, a loud and clear message. I would encourage each and every one to do that. Secondly, Bantry. Bantry General Hospital is a phenomenal facility. Okay, there are over 300 staff there. Uh, it's a massive employer alone in this region. That has to be kept in mind, but the services they have there are incredible. Uh, palliative care, uh, endoscopy services, diabetes services. Um, the range of services there are phenomenal, and we have to hang on to it, okay? But I would suggest we listen to the doctors, the likes of Dr. O'Sullivan, Dr. Carey, okay? They're willing to speak though, because the staff, those 300 staff I mentioned, their tongues are tied, and that is an absolute disgrace that they're afraid to speak out and tell you what's really going on. But I can tell you, they are under severe pressure. They are spread incredibly thin. So we need to start recruiting or recruiting out GPs. We need to start getting them into West Park. We need to get, start getting staff uh, into um, Bantry General Hospital. But the first staff we need to bolster is the anaesthetist. If we don't get that, that needs to be the focus. And the only question I would have uh, to Dr. David and the rest of the doctors, you're discussing this with uh, the HSC. How the hell can we help you get the anaesthetist covered so that we can keep 24-7 emergency access in battery? That's the question I have. Thank you. There was a lady over there earlier, she uh, said that um, no individual politician can sort this, and she's dead right. It takes people power to get this sorted. Um, and it looked tonight this tremendous passion and energy in this room. The people of West Cork are phenomenal people. You know yourselves. Um, we, I will promise I will fight 
shoulder to shoulder with you to keep these services. Not only keep these services, but to expand on the services that we already have, like the woman outlined there earlier. We already had loads of stuff, and it was taken from us over the last few years. We need more, and I'll fight for that. Thanks. Thank you. Again, I won't keep you long because tonight is about G, not us. And I think if there was a first prize for a contribution tonight, I think you'd all agree it would be Dr. David. So well done, Dr. And I believe he has laid it out exactly what could happen and what will happen and probably what should happen. So thank you, Dr. Um, just to go through a few things uh, very briefly. Um, a lady was saying that the, why is it boss? So that's why we need to think carefully and make sure that the next Minister for Health knows what he's doing. So be careful where you vote and who you vote for. Um, the lady there was asking why the HEC aren't here. I think everybody in the room is probably wondering that. And in an ideal world, it wouldn't be 12 of us would be up here, but 12 people from the HEC. And if they really believe what they're doing is correct, why aren't they here? So in my mind, I think they know they're doing the wrong thing. They're doing the wrong thing for the people of West Cork, or they would be here to face us. And just finally, I agree with the lady there who said about the petition, it should be available in every shop, pub, restaurant, etc., because not everybody is computer literate, and as well as that, uh, an issue for another day, I suppose, is the major lack of broadband in places throughout West Cork. So that uh, freely available petition is an excellent idea. For me, Thanks, Margaret. Uh, Mr. Patterson, he asked a question about the HSE, what kind of a body is it? It's not a private company, it's an arm of the state. But there's investment in our hospital, there's politicians all over it, taking the praise, delighted with the investment. When there's a cut, it's the HSE does the cutting. This is a political decision. It will be a political decision to keep Bantry Hospital as it is, to get the anaesthetist cover maintained as it is. And I, I know that we as your politicians will have to deliver in terms of that. It will not be the HSE ultimately will make that decision. There's a minister for, there will be a minister for health and it will have to be signed off by a minister for health. And I, I certainly on my behalf will say that if I'm representing you, it will be a priority for me. It will be a red line issue for me that the hate that Battery <coughs> General Hospital maintains the 24 hour cover that it is. And at the end of the day, the HSE is funded through the department. The boss is the, is the Minister for, for, for Health. And the Minister for Health, if he's depending on my board, in Bantridge General Hospital will have to maintain the services it has at the moment. You've no chairman, but the Minister will be able to take over. Hello. Okay, thanks very much. Vice Chair. So, my name is Martin O'Mellowage, I'm the Banished Door of Corkham and Clericho, which is the um, development cooperative on Cape Clear Island. I know a lot of you here in the room. I work with uh, pretty much everybody at the table here. Um, I think I can safely say there's nobody sitting at that table who wants to see services reduced at Bantry Hospital. Um, I won't go into the litany of everything from the shard of glass in my foot to the serious head injury that had me go by ambulance, uh, actually first by boat and then by ambulance to Bantry Hospital and everything in between, 
including my visiting mother-in-law with the double pneumonia, whose life basically was saved in Mountie Hospital, and all of the other things. So if we look at the situation here logically, what's actually happening here, as been said by other people in the room, is that the number crunchers are somewhere crunching numbers, and that they see there's this X amount of money that can be saved by reducing the services in Bantry Hospital. And of course, the death by a thousand cuts is the handy way to do that. So yes, if you strip out the, an the anaesthetic services, well then you can say, oh, for health and safety reasons, we can't do this, that, that, and the other, and then you can bit by bit by bit reduce the services in the hospital, and eventually you get to a point, probably sometime in the future, where you could actually shut it down completely. I think, um, just talking about distance, I heard someone saying about distance, don't mind even if you have to come in from Cape Clear Island by lifeboat or um, on the ferry, depending on what class of an injury you have. Um, but certainly to come out from the end of some of the peninsulas, I know that uh, myself and someone drove up to re represent the West Cork Islands and indeed West Cork at Holiday World. We drove up last Thursday night and we left the tunnel. So we'll say that we left Cork at um, a quarter past eight and I'd say floating just around the speed limit. Um, we were certainly, we hit Newlands Cross in Dublin in two hours. And so you wouldn't do that, I think, from out the end of some of the peninsulas, and you certainly wouldn't do it from Cape Clear Island if you're going by boat or lifeboat, and then by ambulance to get to CUH. So there's the, the question of time. Um, also, when we're talking about money, and we're talking about value for money and all that, um, I'm sure some of you will remember the whole question of the Rural Transport Programme and when there was a value for money report done and that report did not take account of the social value or the medical value or the mental health value of the rural transport system and you basically have exactly the same thing happening here now about Bantry Hospital where the number crunches are looking at figures they're not looking at the real effect of what they would be doing and I think the doctors, the points made by the doctors across the way and the gentleman down here as the chair has said several times really sum up the, sum up the situation remarkably. Mr Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Liam Cunningham, patient number 2022-606, currently on the waiting list in Bantry Hospital. And we've heard a lot tonight here that we were asked not to make this political, but unfortunately it is political because it's an old saying that he who pays the piper calls the tune. And at the end of the day, it's the government that will fund the HSE. We're blaming the HSE here. All they're responsible for is doing their own job. They're trying to save money and make it go as far as they possibly can. They are accountants. They are not worried about you or me, West Cork or anything else, just what the bottom line is at the end of the day. Now, we've heard a lot of reasons why things can be done and what should be done and what would be fantastic if it was done. Why don't we give these people who are all striving to represent us in the next oil, give them some ammunition. I have here a proposition that I made within their term of office. In signing this, I am making people aware that it is my intention to make the medical needs and requirements of the people of West Cork one of my main priority policies if elected. This gentleman has asked me, through the chair, to ask the politicians here, are they prepared at tonight to make this commitment? This isn't coming from me. This gentleman is not doing himself any favours in asking this question. So I'm asking it on his behalf. Aren't the politicians here tonight 
Are they going to commit to this? And are they going to make their number one priority to save the Bantry Hospital and indeed its services? So that's the question to the politicians down there. So we start on the right hand side, working down and individually we'll get a yes or we'll get a no. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we just go across and we know Baker. Yes or no? 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 Yes I have absolutely no problem signing it because the people of West Cork come first and healthcare, so thank you. Thank you. We only, we only have four copies. <laughs> we'll get it to them, we'll get it to them. Okay, guys, we just keep it down and just, I know, because I'm getting it in the air. We've been, everything has been respectful. Let no person go outside here tonight and let them go inside that the people of Bantry conducted themselves with respect and dignity and it's up to these guys to make it happen and if they don't, they're going to be held accountable. Yeah, yeah. Respect the ass. To, to not commit to upgrading it. We get the word right, we all know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'd like an upgrade. <laughs> upgrade, sorry. Perhaps different wording. I'm dyslexic, don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, I agree. Thank you. I don't need to look at it, I fully agree. I've been doing that for the last four years. Thank you, Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, ladies Absolutely, yes, all the way. Right, I'm sorry for getting worked up over it, but this meeting has been nothing but respectful. Yeah. There's not one person here is in any way being the minute the minute a voice was raised, sign it, sign it, sign it. Because do you know something? It is committing people to this. It is committing them to stand for the medical needs of Bantry. And if they don't want to do it, you know what happens on the 8th of February. You know how to respond and do it. And give them their answer for not signing it. Instead of respect, there's no respect being given to anyone here tonight from the HSC or anything else. And you've, you've carried yourself into quorum. It's sorry guys and get worked up. I'm fast losing the chairmanship. So we go back to the floor. So we take questions. Frank, sorry, just, just one more there, and we'll just get yourself done. Frank. Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'll only take up your time for a moment. Uh, my name is Frank Fahis and uh, I was the chairman of the SOS Ambulance Campaign back in 2011-2012. And just a couple of things, a couple of points I want to make is, please let everybody retain in their heads, and the people on the desk retain in their heads, that what Dr. David Over asked for about the anaesthetist service being maintained in Bantry Hospital and 24 or seven days a week, the service being maintained over the next five to 10 years or more must be the priority of the meeting. It has to be. It is the main point that all hinges on. If the anaesthetist leaves the hospital, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just a couple of other things that um, I 